Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 14 of the ClapperCast. I'm Sean. And I'm Burke. And today we get to talk about some exciting playoff hockey. So this first, uh, what, four, four days here has been unreal. Yeah. Just so exciting. Just such a such a pace change and just the storylines that are coming out of this, these first round series are incredible. It truly is the best time of year. Yeah. It's, it's, the, most it's exciting, the most wonderful time of the year. Exciting hockey. It's do or die yeah. hockey, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, not Screw- quite yet, do or die, but... <laughs> well, I mean, it really is for some, especially because Pittsburgh is now down 3 nothing as of when we started recording this, so... Yeah. And not, not, not the in the game timeline. that's 3 down, three nothing in a series. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Screw you, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I've been Snapchatting and stuff to my friends, just saying the best time of year. You know, got multiple monitors with different games on and... Oh, yeah. Watched yep, two or had, three games at a time. And I had three games go on the first night. Yeah. I watched just, I think there were five games that first first night. I watched all of them. You have to enjoy the first round while it lasts because after that, there's not quite as many games yeah. on at the same time. Oh, so for sure. Make it and last. very quickly, you got to enjoy it while you last because it very quickly ends. And then all That's of a sudden, true. there's no hockey for, what, three months? Yeah. So got to yeah. make sure you enjoy it. Um, did you want to start with the draft lottery before we get into some of these yeah. series yeah let's yeah. talk about the playoffs at the end because that's more fun <laughs> okay so right before our last episode we were talking or in, in our last episode we were talking about the draft lottery odds and then it happened two days after our yep. podcast so the results kind of surprising is it really though <laughs> i mean the number one is maybe not as surprising because yeah. of taylor hall yeah but two and three maybe yeah so New Jersey got number one. So Taylor Hall has an insane record of being on the team that selects first overall. Yeah, so I think it's been six of nine seasons he's been in the league, or six of ten, I think. That's not really a stat you want. No, but he's embracing it. Yeah, he is. He really he's, is. He's embracing it. He's running it's... with it on on Twitter. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Halsey, just generational talent at being on the team that selects first overall think of think of when he's in a nursing home when he's older how unreal he's gonna be at bingo yeah he's gonna get that first <laughs> he's gonna be, like every every bingo five all the time. every five balls he's gonna be yelling oh bingo yeah <laughs> so new jersey got first they were slotted at three number three they had the third best odds and then new york rangers got second and they were up from number five yeah and then chicago got third and they were up from 12th yeah so because Chicago really needs an, a high pick, but I mean that's the whole point of the lottery, so good for them. Yeah, that one's surprising because they were bad at the beginning, but then they kind of moved up in the standings. They did. They and... were battling for a playoff spot until the last couple of weeks. They kind of turned it around under Colleton. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a Colorado fan, you don't get to embrace the meme quite as much. Yeah. So we're not. We're no longer going to be comparing Brady Kachuk and Jack Hughes or Capocaco. It'll and be a little bit more of an even comparison. L.A. and Detroit got boned. Yeah, they dropped down, what, three or four? Yeah, L.A. was tied for second with New Jersey, I guess, with odds. So okay, they're going to be down. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're going to be fourth now. Won't they be fourth? Colorado's fourth. Oh, Colorado's fourth, yeah. 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 Which, I, I also want to add on that. So we've been... We've been bashing on Ottawa all season for <laughs> giving up for take keeping the fourth overall pick last year because they thought this pick was gonna be like later on in the first round. So now it's the exact same pick. 
now we can, now we don't have that bargaining chip to bash them for it. So it still doesn't sucks. mean it was a good move because no. it came down to chance. It basically, really. yeah, they they lucked out on that one. It should have been number one, and statistically speaking, most times it would have been number one. Yeah, but approximately one of every five times. Way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess now that that's out of the way, we can jump into some of these playoff series. You want to mention? Coach Q in Florida and possibly McClellan down in LA. He kind of just did. Didn't I? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, Coach Q going down to Florida. I think my favorite part about this is the altered logo where they gave the Panther a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. Uh, yeah. I, I like that picture. And it's, is it's it grabbing silly. its crotch though? <laughs> no, I don't. They'd have to alter the whole logo because we only get the head of the Panther. Get the old one back. Yes. Instead of the arms being outstretched, one can be down on its junk. <laughs> And then they'll truly be Coach Q's team. Yep. Yeah, they they got a chance of being good next year. And I think they're they're supposed to make a hard push for Panarin and Bobrovsky this summer. We'll see what happens with them this offseason, but depending on how Columbus does, I could see them staying now because they got a good team. So they do. We'll get into that later. But yeah. And rumor. this isn't confirmed yet. It's, just a, it's still a rumor, but Todd McClellan is the leading candidate for Los Angeles' coaching job. Oh, yeah. So... You know, he's not a bad coach, so I think he could probably go do some good with L.A., especially because they have a more established veteran core still. Yeah. that's. Um, I think that's kind of where he'd excel is rather than a young team. I also heard a rumor that um, Vino was being talked to by Philly. It was unconfirmed, oh, I did though, see I think. that, yeah. And Vino and Hackstall are coaching, like, Team Canada. Okay. At the uh, whatever it is, Worlds or yeah. whatever. So, I mean... Mino's a pretty good coach. I think he he'll is. get a I shot. Think, I think he's been regarded as a better defensive veteran coach. Yeah, I mean... If I'm remembering correctly. He's made it to the finals. He's made it to the conference finals. Yeah. And, yeah, so I think he'll get a shot somewhere. Probably. It's, it's kind of surprising he hasn't, but I guess there wasn't much for coaching changes over the last year until, like, this season. Yeah, it was really. literally only him... Yeah, he was the only one, so I guess there wasn't <laughs> an open job for him. But now it's going to be his time to shine, yeah. I think. So, yeah, like I said, he'll get a shot somewhere. Who knows where, but somewhere. Somewhere, for sure. Lots of openings. So now, drum roll, please. The Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> Jump in. Good stuff, good stuff. So let's start with everyone's favorite right now, Tampa Bay and Columbus. Ooh, yeah. It's who, gone the way everyone this? has expected. I think so. I mean, everybody's brackets are still perfectly intact. Yeah. Um, I know mine is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my hopes and dreams bracket that I never wrote down is still intact, but my actual bracket that I set on here is going to get fucked if this keeps going this way. Oh, yeah. Mine, mine was... Yeah, it, it's always discouraging when your bracket gets completely messed up in the first game of the playoffs. But I did say I was pulling for Columbus. That counts for something. <laughs> shout out, by the way, shout out to the, I think it's 0.4% of people who had Columbus winning a cup. We're not there yet. Yeah, but, we're um, not quite there yet, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. This, I just, I guess something we, a lot of us overlooked, or me especially, is that Columbus is built more for the playoffs than Tampa. 100%, 100%. We kind of touched on that in our little preview of the playoffs and how columbus has that gritty mentality yeah and they've got tortorella defensive coach and 
yeah, like we said, Tampa wasn't really cruising into playoffs, but they haven't really played a meaningful game in a while. And Columbus started playing since the before the trade deadline, meaningful yeah. games. So like, Tampa was still winning, of course. Like they they were still going. I don't want to say they were trying to get the record, but they were still winning games that got them to it. Yeah. So at this point, Columbus is up two games to zero. Yeah, and they played game three and later today. And they took today. both in Tampa. Which so is that's huge. That, I mean, that huge. first game, like that 3 nothing comeback. Yeah, down 3-0 in the first period. First goal was a shorthanded yeah. goal for Kalorn. And then you come back, score four unanswered. And Bobrovsky was fucking insane. After Something that happened first in that first intermission. Like, yeah. well, I don't know what they fed him or like what they gave him, but he his game just did a complete 180 in that first intermission. Yeah, he was a different guy. Mm-hmm. And like, he's been insane. He's been lights out since. Yeah, because he made he made some unreal saves in game two as well. Yeah, he's and been huge. They just couldn't. Tampa couldn't solve him, which is weird to be saying after their offensive season. Yeah, shout out to my boy Nick Felino, my pick in this series. He got that. He got that first one. That breakaway goal, and the got them gates. going. He opened the floodgates. And apparently, according to Pierre Maguire, so take that as however you want, but apparently Felino was pretty vocal on the bench after that going down to 3-0, keeping the guys up and getting them going. And one thing that I want to talk about too, we might as well bring it up right now, is the whole Kucherov on... Um, What's his name? Uh, Nudavara. Nudavara. Yeah, thank you. That hit. So before we get into that hit itself, I wanted to talk about the reaction and the response that Columbus had to that hit of Kucherov. They they jumped him, right? Well, not jumped him. Felino sense, did. But... Felino jumped on him, took him to the ice, and he was like yelling or whispering sweet nothings into his ear <laughs> on top of him. And that just stood out to me as that's a That's the type of team, right? Yeah, right. Like a bonded team you stick up for each other Something... and also a leader yeah to be, like after because i didn't i didn't realize he was one of the vocal guys on the bench but if he's he's vocally getting on his team to turn it around if he's sticking up for his teammates like that's that's a leader that the players can get behind yeah that's important to have in playoffs right like you're it's not individuals it's a team so you stand up for each other no matter who it is and what's going on if someone hurts your teammate takes a cheap shot at them no matter who it is, you stand up for him and right. go after him. So, that being said, what did you think of that Kucherov play? Dirty. I think, I mean, I'm looking back, because I don't, I don't watch Kucherov a lot, but I'm looking back to when Washington played Tampa last season. And by the end of that series, Kucherov, you could tell, was getting visibly pissy. He's got the same mentality that Malkin has. Yeah. Or if he's and... not doing anything on the score sheet, he gets pissed off and pissy and yeah. takes shots at people and yeah so I, I don't know what he was thinking because it like watching the replay he looks predatory that he trips Nudavara and I don't know why but he looks at him and then skates directly at his head into the yeah. boards and shoves it right in that's to me why it's worth more than one game absolutely because it's it, it's not like an it's not like the accidental contact that we saw like McDavid and um Eichel and um Voracek it's definitely intentional. Yeah. He had time to let up. He didn't, didn't need to go in to hit in the first place. And he caused he caused the incident, like the whole thing, because he tripped him yeah. purposefully and then lined him up. Yeah. And for him to just get one game is an absolute joke now, because he's the league MVP. Exactly. And we know we do know like one playoff game equals three regular seasons, so you gotta like use that comparison, but that's still 
deliberately dirty predatory to a vulnerable player who can't defend himself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely worthy of more than one game. Yeah. Most people I've been seeing, most pundits, and I know the old chick and JR all said that it was worth more than one yeah. game. And I agree. It's definitely I, I agree, too. It's two or three. Predatory hit that has no place in the game. Especially it, especially in the nature of Kadri last year, which we'll talk about him later on, too. But that Kadri hit on Wingles last playoffs. That similar similar idea where the guy's kind of on his knees along the boards. He goes in and hits the guy's Yeah, you're hitting a vulnerable boards. player, and they have no way to defend themselves. Now, yeah. that being said, this Kucherov one wasn't as bad as that Kadri one no. because Kadri definitely exploded into that hit, and he was going lot faster exactly but at the end of the day it's a guy's head against the boards and he's down on his knees yeah. so and this wasn't like oops i tripped right before the hit this was oh he's on his knees i'm gonna go in anyways yeah so kucherov's yeah. got to smarten up tampa bay has got to bounce back because they're going into columbus down two games now yeah and one thing i wanted to point out too is that in the two games that have happened so far kucherov has zero points stamkos has zero points so they've both been invisible Hedman's been fucking worked, and you told me earlier today that he's probably going to be a game-time decision yeah. tonight. And he's actually been hurt for a while, apparently. And it, he so. looks terrible he out does. there. He does. He's slow. He's He can't turn around. He's and gotten that dangled goal, so many times. Oh, yeah. That goal that um, Savard scored on him in game one. Yeah, he got worked. Just, just got walked around. Like He just he looks like, a, he looks like a crappy AI defender in NHL 19. Yeah, he looks like how good Branson looked on the Canucks. <laughs> take that good Branson just but. lost out there doing spins around with his stick and not taking yeah. a body or anything and uh, yeah um bad when we previewed this series I was talking about how Columbus's depth is gonna have to step up to be able to match Tampa turns out we got the exact opposite thing going on here because <laughs> Tampa's top players aren't performing Tampa's depth is doing whatever little they have yeah. And Columbus's top players are completely dominating. Like Panarin, Duchesne, Atkinson, Wierenski, like they're all playing insanely good. Yeah. And Columbus's depth, like, yeah, they're doing well. They're doing good as well, but they haven't had to step up and contribute as much because Tampa's the one that we're worried about now. Yeah, Duchesne had a four-point night, and that set a Columbus record um, for most points in a playoff game. Yeah. And he is looking like an insane pickup at this point. I know people were doubting right after the trade deadline that he had a slow start, but... Now that he's playing with Panarin and I think Atkinson, that line is deadly. Mm-hmm. They look like it. Like they've got, they're really good along the boards. That's one thing I noticed. Duchesne's really good along the boards yeah. and below the goal and line. Combine that with Panarin, who's just like I remember him stick like with his puck control and stick handling. Yeah, that he just he just holds onto the puck. He can't get it off of. And him. Duchesne's had some nasty no look passes and stuff too. And and that's the type of stuff that chemistry brings. Yeah, so. they've got chemistry. It took a while to build, I think, and Torts is definitely known for jumbling lines up and stuff, and it looks like he's kind of found a, a match mm-hmm. for that for those two players. And um, no knock on Atkinson either. He's he's an amazing player. 40-goal scorer. He's yeah. good. Yeah, and, um, you know, they're playing the body game too. And this and is something I noticed last year against the Capitals is that Tampa – can be soft yeah you know they've got a lot of good players and a lot of heavy players they play soft it's like they're built like an all-star team they're they're highly skilled and highly potent offensively but they're they don't have that grit that physical factor that as much as it's kind of diminished in its role in the regular season that is playoff hockey and we talked about this just over text after game one that 
like Tampa's grit and their their physical players are like five foot eight. Yeah, so they they're not gonna be able to keep that yeah, up. They can't match like um just Dubinsky and Felino and, and even like Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah. You know, like Matthew Joseph's not gonna win that battle over a seven game series. Yeah. Or, or maybe a four game series. And and yeah, and you look at if <laughs> you look at um like Stamkos and Kucherov, like they're not in point, like they're not physical players. Yeah, they can be. Like I've but, like Stamkos can grind a grind it out grind it out pretty well, but he's not he's not a physical guy. There's a difference between like they can be physical and like someone like Nick Felino or Dubois. You're like that guy, that's his bread and butter. Yeah. Like that's what he loves to do. Or or in terms of star players like um Ovechkin. Yeah. And even Crosby. Yeah. Like they'll they'll work the body like cute music yeah so <laughs> give them the business <laughs> yeah i think like you said they're built like an all-star team they have all the talent but it just looks like they're not firing on all cylinders right now because they can i mean well they got rattled yeah honestly. i think that they just i don't want to jump into their heads too much but you could kind of see it in that game one it started off right and then they did not expect the comeback and they just haven't responded to that. I think Vasilevsky's save yeah. percentage is like 830 or something. And Bobrovsky's gone he, after that first period. is just skyrocketed. Wait. So I think what might have happened is behind the scenes, they did some tricky like human manipulation stuff and swapped <laughs> Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky's like, brains could, or could something. Could have been, yeah. Yeah. They're Russian. Yeah. No one's going to notice. <laughs> Maybe they did so, some voodoo. Some someone, someone's got to go look into that because this might be some sketchy uh, <laughs> sketchy rigging of the playoffs here. Yeah, and um, I just think that they didn't expect Columbus to be yeah. that much of a trouble. Yeah, and I think um, this is one of the first times this team's faced that type of adversity. Because they've always, yeah. even, even going back the last year or two, I mean... They're making the conference final, so like ultimately you don't always win that. You can't always win it. They've never faced this type of difficulty. And like this regular season especially, I mean, what they lose like twelve games or something? Yeah, I think they sixty two, twelve, and eight. Something like that. Does that does that math add up? Like So they've they've definitely had a season where they bounce back after a win and you did not see that yep. in that game and, and they've got booed off the ice two games in a row which is terrible and, and the fans are fucking ridiculous oh yeah i'm sorry but the amount of tampa fans that are like jumping ship right now and be like oh it's fucking ridiculous yeah, it's kind of that that fair weather atmosphere it reminds when... me of capitals fans yeah. a lot it's because as soon as the team hits the trouble they're just like fuck this team you know yeah and um well, those are your boys Come with on. with dealing with this adversity you look at their their top players and like you said like sam Coast kucherov they have no points and you see how kucherov is handling it yeah that that is not a good impression on the rest of your teammates being possible league mvp and you're getting pissy because taking you yourself lost two out games. of the series basically yeah that you haven't really been doing anything in any way. Like, but that's not a good. I don't want to shit on look. Tampa too much because no. the Caps went up 2-0 on them last year, and then they came back and were 3-2 Tampa, and then Capitals had actually won in the last two. Yeah, but and also they have a team that can bounce back. They've yeah. shown that, and I think that this adversity could make or break them. Yeah. If they respond tonight today, I think they have a good chance of coming back and winning this series. But if they don't, I think Columbus is gonna. If Columbus wins today, I think they win game four. Yeah. And so. we'll also add to their um, 
Columbus did go up 2-0 against Washington last year, too. That's true as well. So that was probably unexpected going into that series. So Tampa goes down 2-0. I mean, this is even more unexpected because of how good Tampa was. But it's not like the end of the world. The series isn't done yet. No, it's definitely not two games. Like Tampa's only got to win four of the next six, which based off the regular season is well within doable. Yeah, well within their path. Yeah. Yeah, that one last thing I wanted to mention about this series is that Riley Nash. No, R. Nash. Yeah. (laughs) Riley Nash (laughs) ties Rick Nash for goals in Columbus Blue Jackets playoffs, which is ridiculous, with one. (laughs) Yeah, so... So best R. Nash in Columbus Blue Jackets history. Best best R. Nash. R.I. Nash, actually. Yeah. Insane. That's an insane stat to me, that Rick Nash was there for so long and he got one playoff goal. I guess that's what you can expect from a team that hasn't won a playoff series, but it would be insane if they did it this time and they bounced the best team since 96. I'm hoping Remember, for Remember, like, a few episodes ago, we started talking about playoff brackets and how um, I said um, I end up, like, things that always end up working out the opposite of what I predict, and then yeah. I jokingly said, so the Montreal is going to sweep Tampa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not Montreal, but <laughs> yeah, you had wizard forecasting abilities Apparently. a few months ago. Yeah, so we'll have to see how this goes over the next week. Yeah, and the next one, um, definitely have a lot less to say about this. All the other series except for that one, I had the most to say about that one. Yeah. It's Pittsburgh New York Islanders. Again, I'm super pleased with how this is turning out. Of course, um, I'm surprised. Islanders are up three games to zero. Yeah. I totally I don't I'm still trying to figure it out if I overestimated the Penguins or underestimated New York. As I keep telling you in our texts, probably a little column A and a little column B. Yeah. And I mean watching Pittsburgh, like we just watched the end of game three and just the defensive decisions that the Penguins players are making. I mean, Justin Schultz pinched from the blue line to center ice for and some reason I don't really know and gave up a two-on-one that led to the second goal. And you watch, um, I think it was Latang defending Philpula near the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Philpula, he did, like, even, the like, lamest toe drag. Yeah. It was, it was just the worst and he just stick bought handle. And bought it. Yeah. Just got right around Latang, right into the open slot. And on the third goal, like, another one, Murray's not playing very well, no. which is hard when the defense in front of you isn't either, but he's got to have some of these. Yeah. And that third goal was just like a flip over top that he couldn't get across. That was reason. weak. Uncle Leo got the weakest goal on Murray. Mm-hmm. Just flipped it short side along the post, and Murray just got beat on the slow pass yeah. across the ice. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take three seconds here and brag about my pick that I said Jordan Everly's going to have yeah. to step up for the Islanders. He has. He's now yeah. got three goals and two assists in three games. Yeah, which, he's been doing really well. Yeah, and the, even even beyond his point production – um, he's taken on like a pseudo coaching role on the bench and on the ice that he's directing play. He's controlling what's going on. He's leading Barzell and Beauvillier around and on the bench, he picks up the, uh, the whiteboard from the coach, erases it and draws his own play, <laughs> which like, that's, that's the type of Jordan Eberle clutch playoff performer that we need. Does he wear a letter? He does. He has an yeah. A. Okay. Yeah. He's definitely taken on a leadership role that a lot of people probably wouldn't have pegged him for after his, his time at Edmonton, Edmonton I wouldn't. Yeah. But he's he's matured a lot apparently from the looks of it. Um he's had a rough season, but 
he's doing well and i couldn't be happier to see him succeeding in a, in a few games here and just as you have ties to Everly, i have ties to barry trotz through the capitals mm-hmm. and i am happy with him like, i think he's for really, him he's for really him. showing his prowess as a coach yeah and like I don't know if he had that much of an impact on Eberle as a player, but I think so. From what I've seen with Barry Trotz in the Capitals, like people run through walls for him, and I think he definitely inspires better performances from players. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I they're think, doing well. I think he is because Barry Trotz is a pretty good defensive coach too, right? He's good at kind of teaching players how to be more responsible. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the highlight packages through that game. Um, showed Eberle's late in the game making a really solid and smart defensive play, something that he never would have done in the past because he was never really the guy type of guy to back check and engage in defensive zone physicality and all that. He came back, he stick-lifted a Penguin and got the puck out of the zone. And looking back to that series, Edmonton played against Anaheim when he had two chances to get the puck out of the zone, wouldn't engage physically to do that and that cost him a goal so i think he's really mature and i i would imagine a lot of that is barry trotz probably and the experience like you his last playoffs didn't go so hot so now he knows like i can't play that way too probably yeah which is something that would have come a lot earlier if he had made playoffs i think earlier in his career but it's nice to see him develop into what everybody kind of thought he would be as a player and um again i'm your pick is working out really well. I think he's really been a difference maker out I there. I think so. Because he, ge- he went and scored early in game one. Yeah. I mean, Kunakl beat him to the punch but got taken away. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he got that first goal, I think, and he's made some crazy passes. Yeah. And he's definitely been a leader out there. I think so. And um, my pick, Kessel, he got a big goal in game one, but I th- as far as I can remember i don't think he's got any other points which pittsburgh hasn't exactly been offensive in the series so we can't really blame him too much on no but i think malkin has like three points um crosby has zero yeah which i think you wanted to mention malkin i do want to mention malkin malkin is looking like he's very rattled and out of his head just or in his head i guess yeah he's, he's stuck inside his head there he is running around as he is prone to do and doing dumb things, taking dumb yeah. penalties. A lot of the Penguins are actually taking dumb penalties. Jack Johnson is one guy. Yeah, that, that play when he came out of the penalty box, tripped a guy, and then hit another guy from behind and got a penalty four seconds after he got out of the and box was had the audacity smart. to look like, well, I mean, what did I do? Yeah, You literally did two penalties within two seconds of coming out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I expected with the Penguins' D when they picked up Johnson and Gobranson, but Gobranson's been pleasantly a pleasant surprise. Yeah, He's been well. But I think in Vancouver he did all the basic stuff well, but he wouldn't do like any crazy passes out of the zone. Yeah, and he also... He puts it off the glass or something. Yeah, and also in Vancouver he's probably supposed to be higher in the defensive depth chart than he was actually yeah, exactly. suited for. And I think one other thing that... Uh, Canucks fans were a little bit disappointed with him is that he would never stand up for anybody. Right. Which is something he did in like his first game in the for the Penguins. So yeah, it's kinda so. changed and I think maybe that's probably with Sergei Gonchar being their D coach or their 
somehow involved with their D is that right. he's an absolute legend. So he'd probably turn around people like Schultz and Good Branson. Yeah, probably has a good effect, especially um, especially offensively. Yeah, and put with puck management. Yeah, yeah. But so like you said, like that's that's been a trend with Malkin's game for years, where he he has a tendency to kind of have temper, or anger, yeah. emotional issues on the ice. And that being said, if he gets if he ever flips that switch and becomes angry, scary, God mode Malkin, yeah. the Islanders are fucked. Oh, for sure. He is an absolute game changer if he's if he's like that. I've seen that, like, firsthand. Oh, yeah. And he can just change a series by yeah. being He's got the size. Mode. He's got the offensive ability. Like, he can just go willingly score a goal. Yeah. And and create plays and just turn the tide of the game. But he's, he's in that, um, I'll say it again, he's in that pissy mode. Yeah. Um, do you think if the Islanders win game four, if there's going to be as much criticism of Sidney Crosby as there has been of Alex Ovechkin when he gets bumped out? Because Crosby no. has zero points. I, I doubt it. I, I, honestly, I, don't, I don't think so either. Because, I mean... There should be. Yeah, like, it's hard. I'm, I'm probably going to be one of them, but, like, I mean, Crosby's... Just, Crosby's already won all the Cups. Yeah, that's so true. So that's, that's the main difference is that's that, like, Ovechkin was getting be. this before he won, but now now that he's won it, if, say, Washington got bumped in the first round, like, would we still be questioning Ovechkin? Because I wouldn't. He won one. But Ovechkin has points. Yeah. Um, I don't think Crosby's going to get much because it's not even that much on him. Like, everybody else isn't playing great either. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, the way he dragged that play- that team into a playoff spot, you'd expect him to do a lot more. But yeah. I'd think... also kind of hope that the other guys would see that and pick it up a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I think the Islanders have this. I think I picked them, right? Well, it's 3 nothing. them in so... 5. I think that was my uh, five, or 5 or 6, or six yeah. probably, yeah. I just think they came in too hot. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, I severely underrated the factor of ha- them having that Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Martin, Kamarov. Yeah. Like, that line's been absolutely massive. As we for spent them. so much of that last um, playoff preview talking about the importance of that gritty, that gritty hit and the hot, and the hot goalie, I go and completely disregard the hot goalie and gritty team. <laughs> yeah. They're, they've been a very important line. I think yeah. the, we thought it was two lines, but it's Clutterbuck, Martin, and Sezikis is a yeah. line. And then Komarov plays with Kunakal, I guess. Okay. Also, Kunakal has been fucking on fire. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. He's got, like, crazy soft hands all of a sudden. He he has two disallowed goals in the first game. Yeah, yeah like the <laughs> OT winner called back. And then the, fr- the opener called yeah, back. so I don't know where that came from. He just kind of shot out of a cannon from nowhere. Yeah, I guess he's running through walls for Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Um also, yeah, I, I didn't I just found this out in the game today, but Scott Gomez is one of their coaches for the yeah, Islanders. Why not? It's crazy. I haven't heard his name in a while. I wonder if he yeah. scored. <laughs> oh. One more thing about the Tampa Columbus series is don't forget Martin St. Louis. Martin St. Louis. Is Martin their, St. Louis actually. Yeah, Martin St. Louis is their <laughs> power play coach. Yeah. And I don't think he's on the bench during the game, but he's on the ice for, for practices. Mm-hmm. Is he on the bench? I doubt it. I don't think the power, I don't think he's an assistant. He's a consultant, I think. Yeah. He's not like a coach. Because I think you have to be an assistant coach or an associate but coach. But it's, so, it's so cool because they have like that insider like relationship with yeah. Tampa and his name's in the rafters there. It's yeah. just pretty funny. It's weird to go back into your own building like that. Yeah. So let's move on to 
the Toronto Boston series. This one is heated. This one's one and one, and it's it's heated. Looking so crazy. I I'm actually pretty pissed off with the way the officials are handling this series, and like I get the whole playoff hockey where I've put the whistles away, but they've lost control. Especially that last on. game. Yeah. So by the end of that last game, it's just play after play where there's dirty scrums, dirty hits, questionable plays, and penalties that should have been called but weren't. And the refs have completely lost control of that. And they are just shitting the bed. Well, prepare for a crackdown next game. Yeah. It's going to get ridiculous, I bet. I think so. Probably come out. I would expect them to call something soft within the first minute. And just to reestablish, like, settle down, you guys. Yeah. I would, I would, uh, you don't drink beer, but I would wager a pop. They, <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you that they've called penalty within the first minute. Yeah. Of any kind, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. That's, they gotta, they gotta do something, because especially the way that last game ended, that these two teams are gonna come out seething and someone is going to do something stupid or has already done something stupid like nazim the dream nazim kadri he doesn't get to the cloud district very often no um well he maybe he's living too much <laughs> in the clouds yeah so just ridiculous uh, yeah um i guess we'll just explain the setup so patrick marlowe skating down the ice he was by the the blue line where the boards curve and Jake DeBrusque hit him into that curvature of the boards mm-hmm. and Marlowe went down. DeBrusque kept skating a little bit and then Kadri just came over and cross-checked him right in the head. Meanwhile, Marlowe had just popped right back up. He was perfectly fine. Yeah. And DeBrusque goes down and looked really bad. Yeah, he did. I thought he was I thought he was honestly KO'd when he was down, especially as Kadri just like stood over top of him and then fell on him. Yeah, and this wasn't a cross check where it slides off the shoulder up into the head. This it was, was just straight up to right the at the head. Yeah, and this isn't even a new thing for him. He's done that exact play before, just not yeah. a, not on the boards. This is not an isolated incident. I mean, he was suspended the last two playoffs. I, yeah, I mean, last year he he had that hit on uh, Wingles that we talked yeah, about earlier. Wingles looked like the Kucherov one, but worse. And then the year before. He went knee on knee with Ovechkin. Did he get suspended for that? I don't. I'm I trying to remember. I don't think, think there was any discipline for it. I think he might have got a game, but I can't remember. Yeah, but either way, I mean, he's been suspended like four or five times, fined for diving another few times. Like, I didn't realize he'd been suspended as much as he had yeah, in the regular what, season. Like four or five multi-game suspensions yeah. or something. So the the NHL PA or player safety offered him an in-person hearing which means that they can go f- over five games and i honestly think they will yeah i i honestly five to ten minimum that is a completely ridiculous play yeah it's it com- clearly intentional yeah he should be done for the rest of the playoffs he should and be into the next season i think i think he should too i think he should get playoffs he should get he should get suspended for the remainder of the toronto maple leafs playoffs yeah like open-ended just however long they're in playoffs he's gone and then into next season uh-huh. um, but that being said it probably won't he probably won't i think he'll get playoffs though yeah yeah so look someone on reddit um compiled all the in-person hearings and the suspension length 
there was only one that was less than five games, and it was four. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out if they were in the playoffs and they did the whole, like, okay, so this would be this many nine games, games in regular, in regular season. season, so it's three playoff. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if they've done that in the past, but I, at this point, I mean, he's been suspended so much. This is just dirty. Yeah. It's completely unnecessary, and I think he just needs to be kicked out for a little bit. Yeah, and the fact that, like, Jake DeBruskin went knee-on-knee with him earlier. Yeah, and what and... do you think about that hit, by the way? I don't have a problem with it. No. I think it's unfortunate. Kadri was clearly fine when he came back, right? So Yeah, he went to the dressing room because he was in pain on the ice. But even back. even beyond the injury, like looking at how much backlash he's getting from the Leafs fan base, um, DeBrusque, I mean, like, yeah. is this actually a kneeing? Is this something that should have been penalized? Because DeBrusque didn't get anything for it on the play. I think maybe you gave him a minor. Maybe they missed a minor penalty. But it's not suspension-worthy. No. And and yeah, I have a hard time agreeing with Leafs fans when they were so defensive of Kadri when he went knee-on-knee with Ovechkin, which, in my opinion, was way worse. Yeah, so I'm looking at this this one, the DeBrusque one, and I don't see anything intentional. I see Kadri flying in at top speed into a guy who's moving at half speed who Kadri tries to jump out of the way, sending his leg into DeBrusque's. Yeah. And if you look at the side view, DeBrusque's leg is bent forwards, like he's sticking his knee towards Kadri, but he's got to brace himself for contact. Like he's not, he didn't move his knee into Kadri or like into Kadri's knee or anything. Yeah, I don't, I'd really, like I said, a minor at most. Yeah. And even then it's pushing it. But um, Jake DeBrusque is certainly setting himself up to be one of the most hated Bruins by the Leafs. I think so. Because he'd had that trip in game one against Marner on the penalty shot before the penalty shot mm-hmm. you know he pushed his leg out it was I really think that dangerous was just, i think it, it's dangerous but i think he just missed a poke check i think so too people were like that's a clearly reckless poke check it's like, dangerous but he, i think he just missed but yeah still you probably just let him go but then your coach probably tears you that new asshole but then you cost the team a goal anyway so so it's kind of lose lose yeah um but, I mean, the hit on Marlowe was fine. It's not like Pacioretty sure. or anything. It's not the same since they changed the boards at all. And he popped right back up. And the knee, I don't think it was intentional. But he's probably going to get booed in Toronto for, you know, getting cross-checked in the head. Yeah, which means he's done something right. And, I mean, DeBrusque is really making a name for himself around the league, too. Because I think he, he kind of stood out last playoffs, too. Yeah. On, on Boston's roster as just this speedy, physical, gritty winger who is scoring, who is contributing in all facets of the game, and he's doing it again. And yeah, I think this is looking really good for him. Yeah, it's definitely... He's taking an absolute beating. Yeah. But um, he's looking good. Yeah, I really don't know which way this series is going to go. Um, I mean, for the memes, I hope it's Boston, but... I wouldn't mind seeing Toronto. Anderson's in the right mindset that he might be able to steal it for him. Yeah. Who are our picks for this one? It was uh, Matthews, Boston, right? Yeah, Matthews. Uh, yeah, I, I think we both had Boston. Boston you had Boston, and, Boston, I had Boston seven. seven. I, I think I said six. Okay. But, I mean, Matthews, I don't. I haven't heard his name. I think he had, like, one rush to the net in game two. <laughs> yeah. But I haven't, I haven't seen or heard his name really at all. No, definitely not. I don't think we picked anybody on Boston, right? No, we both yeah. had we both had Matthews. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. 
it's a interesting series so far and Kadri's hearings tomorrow yeah so tomorrow which we're recording on Sunday the 14th right after the Islanders and Penguins played game three so his hearing is going to be Monday the 15th um, which is this I'm assuming Toronto Boston plays tomorrow as well probably yeah. so I this hearing is going to be I guess they, they wouldn't start playing until after the working day anyways but um yeah probably here tomorrow afternoon yeah one thing else i wanted to mention about this was don cherry and coach's corner yesterday that was an all-time segment i wanted to bring up his point about the leafs whining about penalties doing the whole like uh, palms up thing palms after. up look right at the ref after you go down you know yeah. that sort of thing i think he's got a definite point that he's he was like oh, stop whining like he's yeah. like doing baby voice like eh, give me a penalty i think it does you no favors to do that and grapes pointed out look at someone like ryan o'reilly you know he's a very clean player he's got what like two minors or something this season he wins the lady bing yeah he, he doesn't yeah he doesn't take or he doesn't win it but he's should be right yeah has he won it i can't remember i know he's been up for it yeah and anyway I know, I think... he's a lady bing type player exactly and he gets the benefit of the doubt. I mean, in that last game against the Jets, we'll touch about it, the Jets series later, but, you know, he got cross-checked from behind. It's O'Reilly. He's probably not diving. He doesn't look at the ref, doesn't try and embarrass the referee. He just goes on his way. Just keeps playing, and that is how you get calls, you know? Eventually, because McDavid's pretty much like that, still doesn't get calls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends. He's 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 but, noticeably getting a little bit more looking in the ref's direction, but he's not doing the whole like palms up, like what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, O'Reilly's definitely not the level of McDavid, like talent-wise. Yeah. And you know those generational type players don't get the call that they should. All of them. They yeah. n- and they this. Never I do. mean, this went back. You know, this is why Crosby had such a bad reputation when he was. Uh, uh, younger player as well like because he did that he always looked at the ref he was looking for calls yeah because he never got any well unless you get you get fouled like no oh, constantly 50 times a game and you get like you ha- can get maybe a penalty you get a power play every time you go out there for a shift and exactly. they call everything yeah, so like his his actions are justified but it doesn't look good no it, yeah and um you see it now like mcdavid and gaudreau both get the shit beat out of them constantly and they barely get any calls yeah one thing though that uh i know toronto fans are upset about is that they had the lowest power play total out of anybody in the league and they think it's some sort of conspiracy against them they can't draw penalties i think it's bullshit i think you get however many power plays you get there's no conspiracy against you um i think part of it is exactly what you just said about don cherry like they're looking for the calls and the rest are kind of like no if you embarrass the referees they're not they're not going to do any favors for you there's also this factor that someone has to have the least. Yeah, that too. I mean, Boston had the lot, like the, they think they were bottom three, like three seasons in a row. Yeah. Edmonton last year had a significantly lower amount than any other team in the league. And I think the last five or 10 games of the season, they got like one a game, one power play a game. Plus Toronto's power play sucks ass. So yeah. What are you worried about? <laughs> what are you worrying about? Yeah. But Marner's better shorthanded anyways. Yeah. Do that. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it sucks that they get less calls, but doing this isn't the way to get more. Yeah. And 
Yeah, it was kind of cool to see Cherry do that. I know he's a big Bruins guy, but when he's not cheering for the Bruins, he's for the Leafs. So, yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add to that Toronto matchup? No, I think it's mostly just like Kadri's let emotions get the best of him, and at this point, he's he's a real liability on that team because. Yesterday, they were down 3-1 with six minutes left. Then he goes and cross-checks DeBrusque in the side of the head and takes a major penalty. So 3-1 with six minutes left. Toronto had the momentum in the third. And they could, that's not unreasonable to score two goals in the last six yeah, minutes. great job. But instead, he takes a five-minute penalty and they lose 4-5-1. or five, one. It's pretty funny um, like how there's this CBC commercial going on. Have you seen this? Where it's like inside the mind of an athlete and it's Nazem Kadri. And he's talking about how, like, you know, he's not going to let anything get in the way. And he's like, I'm going to push through my opponent, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you're a real tough guy. Yeah. You're a real strong mental player when you go do something like that. Yeah. It's and just so funny, the juxtaposition between, like, him saying, like, I'm going to do anything it takes. And then, like, in the game, he's just, like, emotion on just going yeah, for he, blood. His, his emotions get the best of him, and he ends up doing... He ends up acting before thinking and doesn't channel it, the energy out in the right way. Yeah. Because he could go and lay a big hit. That's clean. Yeah. Or he could go and, you know, muscle his way to the net for a high-quality chance, but he doesn't. So I think he's got to find more effective ways to channel that to stop being a liability for the team that he's playing for. Yeah. Because, I honestly, he's probably you running have low to, on patience. You in have to get the boys going in a clean way. Like, you yeah. can't do that and take yourself out of the game and give your team huge penalty kill exactly anyway let's move up move over to the western conference did you um, not even want to mention washington oh i didn't oh <laughs> I, I jumped past them we haven't even yeah, talked yeah. about washington yet yeah okay they're looking good yeah so caps are up 2-0 on the canes yeah. so this isn't like there hasn't been much of a storyline about this series it's been pretty low-key as in terms yeah. of you know the other series that are going on but caps are looking good hurricanes are actually they're staying in it. They're they're energetic. They're fun to watch. Like these are good games. Yeah, yeah. Um, the main storyline that's going to be now is the Furland hit. Yeah. Um, Which, it, I'm honestly, I was waiting for them to rescind that match penalty. I think they will. I th- I think they have to. That wasn't that wasn't dirty. Yeah, I mean it looked bad, but when you see the replay, it he didn't hit him in the head. And it looks. I thought right away it was probably just two, should have been a two minute yeah. charge. And this this reminds me a lot of that Eichel hit. Yeah, I think where um, Furlan went in for the hit, and the player he was hitting hit his head on the back of Eichel, and this time, like I think it was Dowd hit hit his head on like on Furlan's back. Yeah. So, like like I've said before, I'm fine with the penalties and stuff because it was a it was high contact, and also like I'm just trying to be consistent at least. But I don't looking at it again. I don't think it's dirty in the contact. I think Furlan's it might stay a match penalty because of the charge. Yeah. Because he kind of honed in there. From it looked bad because he away. came from so far away. He wasn't like skating the whole time. He kind of glided Which into him. Which I think him. might kind of negate some of the charge. So I think you ought to get, keep your feet but moving. But he did come from way out of position just for the hit. Yeah. Um, I think what was dirtier was Hamilton's elbow on Kuznetsov. Yeah, on I wanted Kuznetsov. to mention that. That one I think would have been worthy of a match because he did not even try to hit him anywhere else. He just went yeah. elbow to the head. I'm actually kind of surprised. Well, actually, I'm not surprised, but I wish the league would have i wish they would have looked at it because we i didn't see anything about that yet they didn't they didn't announce anything so i imagine it's yeah that to me was way worse than furlan's hit furlan's hit and like i thought right away that it it was just a big hit a big boy hit 
and dad was just low but he got booted out which was weird um but yeah hamilton's elbow on kuznetsov was bad he stuck his elbow out and like you might be able to justify it as oh he he stuck the elbow to hit the body and missed but like he he put his elbow right over his head yeah it was brutal so that's that's just dirty yeah and um one more thing kind of want to move on here um is brooks orpic got the ot winner brooks against orpic against uh carolina in that last game and he's got i think he's got four playoff goals and three of them are game winners so this guy's just clutch yeah like, for real real he's american just, hero yeah brooks scorpic first <laughs> ballot hall of famer i agree yeah so that was that was cool cool to see and also on that play pesci in front of the net what the fuck was that defense he like caged Mrazik in his own net because <laughs> that's was behind the net and he's like playing a little back and forth he's doing Kuznetsov. that thing that the offensive player does to the defenseman behind the net yeah trying to like block both sides yeah but like instead a, he's he like he's four checking kuznetsov yeah and then you look at exactly how that goal went in if Mrazik was able to get out like another five inches yeah that that angle would have been off score pick scored that because Mrazik was so far on his net yeah and it went right it over his shoulder ridiculous. like that's that's an angle you can't let in ridiculous defense yeah so now we can move on to the west yes um i don't really have a whole lot to say about a lot of these series maybe like one or two points for some of them but um first one is st louis and winnipeg st louis is up two games to zero yeah i'm not surprised they won both games in winnipeg yeah now they go back to st louis i think st louis has got a real shot of winning i still think winnipeg is going to get a game or two but this is kind of what i was thinking was going to happen like i thought this year was going to go seven and i thought it'd be closer but winnipeg went into the playoffs cold st louis came in hot with a solid responsible defensive team with a goalie who's just winning them games. Yeah, that's how you win playoffs. That's a yeah. recipe for success. And um, Hellebuck, Hellebuck in game two. Bad. Two of those goals were he had to ha- he has to have those. I think one of them he just stood there and it went through his arm. He had a pretty funny quote where someone was like, "Would you have liked to get those goals back?" And he's like, "I would have liked to get every single goal I've let in in my yeah. career back." Which you know, it's a good quote, but it doesn't. He, help he's got to step up a little bit. Yeah, it was and bad. the Jets, the Jets are playing weak. Like we know what they can be, we know how like physically dominant and how offensively dominant they can be, but they are not doing that right now. They need to take stop taking stupid fucking penalties. Mark Shifley especially. Yeah, and he's been taking some bad penalties. Yeah, in, in game two, I think it was Darren Pang pointed this out that Winnipeg was trying to goad St. Louis into retaliatory stuff, and they were just letting St. Winnipeg do whatever they want and not retaliating well, I mean, and not taking those Craig penalties. Craig Berube was my coach, I'd be scared of taking a penalty. He'd beat the <laughs> shit out of you after Yeah, you look at that guy. He looks like he's going to pound your head into the ground. Yeah. Oh, also, quick note about the Carolina series. Rod Brindamore, scary motherfucker. Oh, God. he He's still the bod. He was <laughs> he was vibrating when he was yelling at the ref. He had every right to be. Which, of course, yeah. But, I mean, the refs see it at real time. What can you do? Yeah, they and the reason that they called the match penalty is because they thought it was head hit. Yeah, they thought it was Which, intention. Or... You watch that in in real time from the angles they're looking. I can imagine that's yeah. why. So it's tough. Yeah, it's tough when there's bodies in the way and you don't have the camera angle. But anyway, yeah, this uh, St. Louis is playing super disciplined, like you said. Yeah, and Bennington is just fucking playing out of his mind. He's B- saved. Winnington. Yeah, he saved like Shifley at the end of the game. Yeah, that save at the end of the game. One. That yeah. that one that one stands out in my mind is just this guy's ready to play game saver yeah yeah difference maker for sure 
He's uh, been playing out of his mind, and Hellebuck is definitely losing that battle. I think so, yeah. And uh, Line had a nice nice couple goals. Yeah, Line has been good. He has been good. In terms of Line, I mean, he's he's getting chances. He's scored He's playing a the body, too. Like, he's, no, he's we, playing we well. thought We thought he's going to have to step up for the Jets to play well, but it turns out that they need more than just Line because the rest of the team's not doing well either. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really all I have to say. I think St. Louis has got this. I think so. I I think Winnipeg had to have won those two games at home. At least one of them. You can with with a rink like Winnipeg, like you can't go and lose both of those. You can't lose two at home. No, it's tough. Like, um, I guess Tampa is in the same boat. Uh, I I would put more. I I'm more hopeful Tampa can come back than Winnipeg. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the, uh, Calgary and Colorado series tied one, one. This has just been fun hockey. I think it's been a crazy series. Like Like, this is fast hockey. Yeah. This isn't like your typical hard, um, heavy playoff series. It's not, it's still physical, but it's, it's speed. It's It's fast back and forth. It's high, high intensity, high action. There's a lot of shots. Like some gigantic saves being made too. Yeah. Um, Smith most was notably, insane in game one. Yeah. And then the last night in the overtime goal. Yeah. I was just going to say most notably Grubauer in the play lead up to the old, uh, overtime goal. Yeah, that was a huge save. And then they just went right down the other way. McKinnon just fucking bar down. I do. I do like watching the replay and you kind of see like a flame behind McKinnon and then the defenseman. And both of them are just kind of like standing there as McKinnon skates right through them. Yeah, this is fine. He's not like one of the fastest yeah. players in the league. That none of them even thought to like challenge maybe we McKinnon. Cover that like guy. no one noticed him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe we should cover him. <laughs> yeah, that was a fucking sweet goal he yeah. got. Like I was watching in bed and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like that was a sick, sick goal. Yeah. Um, this one's close. This one's gonna be close. I, I think, think so. It's it's gonna be it's closer than I thought. Yeah, I thought I Calgary was gonna. I was kind of ragging on on Colorado's depth, but it turns out that they're stepping it up in the way that they need to. Yeah, that they're they're actually doing well to shut down Calgary and, and contributing. And Grubauer is being Grubauer, yeah, the hot goalie. Yeah, he's just just like Bennington was playing well going into playoffs. So yeah. is Grubauer. And I think to um, Mike Smith's leadership qualities are being completely overlooked. Yeah. Um, CBC commentators were talking about this, but I saw that. the amount of communication and play direction that is led by Smith and that he's taking the defensemen aside after the plays to talk to them about what they need to be doing, yeah. that he's leading that um, on-ice effort to help like tweak the game to maximize their chances. Yeah, and I, I, think saw, he's, I he's saw the well. one time when CBC was talking. Actually, saw, I've seen a couple times, but the one time was when somebody... I don't know if it was Anderson or who it was, but someone took a penalty on the Calgary. And then when he came out of the box, like it, Smith went up to him, was like talking to him, like calming him down almost. Yeah. So yeah, it was that's pretty cool to see that from a goalie. That's important too. Yeah. That they need, they need the leadership they can get to help direct the team. Cause like we said last week, they're, they're a young team. This is their first real shot at this, this level of playoff um, potential. Yeah. That, any overtime hockey I'm okay with. That was that was fun. That was good. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to mention about this series? I don't think so. Um, I haven't watched it as closely just because I'm not terribly interested in either team. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's it's been fun to watch, and 
I'm actually looking forward to watching the rest of them. Yeah. Um, so maybe let's move on then to the San Jose and Vegas Golden Knights. That's 1-1 as well. I think this is about what we expected. Like one of the like real it's battle. Been exciting. It's been a real battle and it's been totally. exciting as hell. I'm I'm surprised at how slow Vegas came out of the gate in game one. Yeah. I thought they would be way more prepared and challenging San Jose a lot quicker than they did. But it came out guns blazing yeah. in game two, though. They, they learned quickly. But, I mean, then they gave up the lead, too. Then, yeah, they in game two, because I watched pretty much that whole game, it was really exciting. Like, that was playoff hockey at its finest. So Vegas goes up 3-0. And in the same period, the first period, San Jose comes back to tie it 3-3. Which that's that's the, the first, first time that's ever happened. Okay. That's which, I mean, it, it's hard It's hard enough to come back from 3 nothing in the same game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> never mind in the same crazy. period. And then the beginning of the second period, San Jose gets a goal. Wait, what? what's that? Goaltender interference gets called back. Which I disagree with I that call. I disagree with the call. Especially San because Jose, it was a penalty. San Jose got a penalty. There was no review or anything. Which that was I, just a call on the ice. I think because of the penalty, they couldn't have it reviewed, right? Yeah. Which yeah. I think that I think that was a big mistake. So I think the goal coming back was fine, but the penalty is it fucked them because yeah. Vegas scored on that power play. So that's a two goal swing, which is a lot to take in. And that that was the game winner. Yeah, I think. I think so. Because I think it was five three. Yeah, and so pretty I, I got to be honest, I don't even think that goal should have come back because Fleury was out of the crease. Yeah, that's like the goal that was happened in the um, the Capitals-Hurricanes when in yesterday's game. Carolina got that goal, and Holpe got hit in the glove, but his glove was like outside of the crease, and then Holpe decided to do a 360 to try and move away from the contact, and the goal counted. But in the Sharks game, Fleury was completely out of the crease. Yeah. So, like, where the fuck is the consistency again on exactly. goaltender interference? Like, Whether it is or it's not. That was absolutely goalie interference, but he was out of the crease, so I don't think it should I don't think it should have been the goal. And like you said, like that's the consistency that the players and need. the interference too. Like yeah. he's out of the crease. So And um, you know, this goes back to Cam Talbot. Like, what even is goalie interference? Yeah. And just that swing in a playoff game is mm-hmm. so much to come back from. I know San Jose was trying, but they just couldn't. And uh, one thing I wanted to point out is that it's really small. I sent you a text about it, but there was a play that kind of got blown for offside. Or not kind of. It did get blown for offside. <laughs> this is and sort Carlson, of offside. We should have the Carlson was, on the line. Eric Carlson was bringing the puck in, and right after the whistle blown, somebody on Vegas hit him. He fell down. Nobody on San Jose came over. They all just kind of did their thing. You could see it on Carlson's face. He was down on the ice sitting there, and he was looking around like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, no nobody way. came over to step step up for him or any. Nobody did anything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of just where they were at as a team. And as soon as they saw that, I was like, they're not going to come back this game because they're just not playing for each other. And then I think at the end, um, Evander Kane kind of went a bit batshit crazy again. And That's because he got high-sticked by Flurry and a D-man behind the net. Did <laughs> okay. you see that? No, I just saw him, I yeah. just saw him get pissed off. He was off. like going behind the net, and he got high-sticked by Flurry and okay. the D-man, and then he just like wanted blood after that. Okay, so, so like, he's the one who's going to stand up for anybody. 
Yeah, and him and Reeves have been going back and forth on like Twitter about <laughs> how Reeves is a babysitter, and then Reeves' his typical response is like, "I'm the highest paid babysitter ever." Then yeah, great chirps, bud. Yeah. So but anyway, yeah, I think that's I think that's important too because we look at um, the contrast between San Jose and Columbus, where yeah. we're talking about Felino being a leader, standing up for his teammate, just coming in, seeing a dirty play. Now exactly. I don't think the play on Carlson was dirty. But nobody came in to even, like, give him the hand up or whatever, like the pass. Yeah, doesn't matter what it is, if it's clean or not. It's after the whistle. You should be you should be there. Yeah. Like, your guy got knocked down. And you don't have to, like, pum- start pummeling a guy, but you can go over and, you know, grab the grab neck him. of the jersey and be like, don't do that. Because you want to make it known that you can't do that shit to us. Yeah. And, and like, this isn't a small team. This is a physical team, San Jose. And that message just was, you guys have open... Like, it's open game. Like, open season. Yeah, open season. Exactly. You guys can do whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah. So. And this this goes back to Edmonton used to be like that. We used to call it, like, the, the bus stop mentality, <laughs> where everyone everyone's just kind of standing around like they're waiting for the bus. Yeah. No one's, like, no one's engaging. No one's standing up for anybody. No one's helping anybody up or whatever. Yeah. That it, it just, just shows disengaged thought team. that was poor to see. And I know that's not usual for that team, but I just thought that where they were in that game that nobody was going to stand up from that you know they weren't playing for each other and yeah wasn't wasn't gonna happen they they have to do a pretty hard reset to make sure because vegas is going to come out strong again because that's who they are yeah yeah and i should point out that san jose got those three goals in less than two minutes so it was pretty crazy offense wow and that was all kind of sparked by a gigantic brent burns hit on no sick after that hit they went down the ice and scored so (laughs) Huge hit leads to a yeah. offensive break and yeah, kind of just yeah. got the momentum back. And then that momentum swing after the goal was disallowed and shit, huge. Yeah. Um, I want to point out too about that series. Mark Stone is playing supremely well. Yeah, he is. Um, he's all over the place. Good. Like if he's on the ice, you know when he's on the ice. He's yeah. always making plays. He's always got the puck. He's always doing something, and you hear his name constantly in the play-by-play. Yeah, yeah, he and, is really good. Yeah, and he—I mean, he's—I'm pretty sure he scored at least two goals. Yeah, I think he's got three points. Okay, and I think Eric Carlson has four points, and Matt Duchesne has four points. I don't know what Broussard has, but all these former Ottawa Senators—they're doing, doing well. pretty well, and. This is exactly what they brought him in for. Imagine if they're all on one team. Oh man, yeah. Who who? <laughs> what kind of absurdity is that? <laughs> who who would ever have all those guys on one team? Yeah. What lucky team would have all those guys? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Mark Stone has been yeah. Just He's been exactly as sensational. Advertised. Yeah, and uh, I think my I, my pick was Eric Carlson. Yep. And in game one, he was definitely definitely making plays out there. He was definitely a difference maker and looking like you know beast mode eric carlson and uh hopefully he can turn it up and continue to play at that level um i think he was good last night but mm-hmm. or two nights ago yeah he's a ufa this off season, right yeah okay i always keep forgetting about that yeah which which year it actually is um and then the final series is nashville and dallas and that's also at 1-1 Okay, I was gonna. I was actually gonna say first thing because I forgot who won game one. <laughs> and yeah. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I remember Nashville was coming back at the end. They they put a lot of pressure, but um, 
this has been this has been okay series. I haven't really watched overlooked. too much of it. I watched highlights of game one and I watched some of game two. And um, from what I've seen, it's been a lot of it's a lot of a back lot and of, forth, but back and forth and some huge saves, timely saves, very, and um, lots of physicality. Um, There's been quite a bit of yeah, quite a few big hits. Um, Lots of penalties remember. too. Yeah. Lots of penalties. I know Eckholm took like four last game or something. <laughs> That's always good. And from what I watched very briefly, or not very briefly, but it looks like Nashville was going after Zook. Like they were targeting him. A small forward going after him pretty hard. And uh he bounced back up though every yeah. time. Well he does. That's the type of player he is. So fortunate that they got him back for playoffs oh for sure because he's actually he's been playing well i think he's he's still been putting up points and um contributing yeah he got a goal in the first game i think and uh one thing that was funny was that uh, radula was getting booed in mm-hmm. nashville yeah yeah i i really Didn't think really this part on good terms <laughs> <laughs> who to think who to thunk that yeah um how long ago was he in nashville because I know he came over for the playoffs at one year. Probably like four or five years ago at this point, right? Yeah. Because he went back to the KHL and then came to Montreal. Yeah. So but probably, yeah, four years maybe, five. Yeah. I really think um, this series is going to come down to a goalie battle. Yeah. It's, these are two high-performing goalies. Whichever one lets in a dumb goal first is <laughs> probably going to shift the, t- the the tide of the series. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Um think Tyler Sagan has been pretty quiet. Heiskanen's been unreal. Heiskanen has been phenomenal. <laughs> I think he played, what, the most minutes as a rookie D-man Probably. Yeah, in game one? He had one goal, one assist game one. We thought it was two goals for Heiskanen in game one, but uh turns out the second one was deflected. Right, yeah. But that's still, he created both those goals. Yeah, I wish wish I had watched more of this series because it seems like it's a big battle. Like it could go either way at any point, yeah. and uh, like it seems like a team will score and then the other team will score like immediately after just to like even it up. Yeah, that's what happened like yesterday um, when Ben got his first goal and then I think who got the second one was it Grimaldi or something? Was it that one from behind the net that passed from Watson? No, Grimaldi yeah. got a goal. Can't remember which one it was. <sighs> Grimaldi got that one, but I think that was later in the game. Okay. I don't know. But yeah. Just kind of, it's one of those games you just have on, and I'm not super paying that much attention to it. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say it's a bad series, but like comparatively, this is going to be like the, this, this one is going to be that grindy long series, I think. Yeah. I mean, I like that style of hockey. It's just, I'm not super interested in either of those teams. Fair enough. And. You know, you have to do something else at some point in the day, you know? So, yeah. This is the series that I've kind of been slacking on. Yeah, no, same here. Um, Take that, Nashville and Dallas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to sleep on them, but yeah. it's just if another game is on, I'm probably going to be paying more attention to that game than this one. Yeah. So. And, I mean, like I said, we got to watch the goalies here. Yeah. For sure, I think that's I think that's gonna come. It's gonna come down to not a Predators versus Stars, but Rene versus Bishop. Yeah, and from what I've seen, they've both been pretty, pretty on their games. Yeah, yeah Rene's Rene's doing like 
Rene things. He's not, <laughs> he's not like uh, Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh, Rene. But yeah, and Bishop is looking like you know he's he's continuing how well he was in the regular star caliber yeah. goalie. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that pretty much wraps up all the series. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to point out about anything playoffs related or otherwise? No, I think I think that covered it. Yeah, I mean so that's all the notes of, that I made from what I watched over the week. Tons of good hockey out there. I know. It's been really fun Exciting. so far, and we're just getting started, really. Yeah, I mean the series. Like this was the first two games. I think like all seven of the seven of the eight series are two games. One's at three as of this recording. Yeah, and there's and, beat a few more later tonight. Yeah. So and now we're just waiting for the battles because there's gonna be a couple of these that are gonna go six or seven that are going to be grinding battles i think um watching this bruins leaf series whoever the winner of tampa bay columbus is, is going to be super lucky because whichever team comes out of toronto boston is going to have like half the roster injured yeah i think uh you got a point there because it's going to be a slog to get through that toronto boston series and i mean boston's already taken some hits um krug is potentially out um i think i think it was clifton left as well is DeBrusque still good? Does he have a concussion now? I think he's good, but that's probably like a hockey player in the playoffs type Patrice kid. Patrice <laughs> Bergeron good? Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine he's 100% Collapsed healthy. lung and, you know. Punk broken rib, torn abdominal muscle or whatever. Yeah, I'm fine. Put me in. Yeah, put me in, coach. Yeah. Are you going to jump ship on any of your uh, picks here? Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I thought Pittsburgh in six, and they're now down 3 nothing. so I, I mean... Yeah, so that six is probably wrong. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. It has to be. But it has um, to be wrong. I mean, I totally misjudged the teams. I was totally wrong on that one. I'll just say it was my difference maker pick. <laughs> yeah. But no, I I just I put too much emphasis on the historical performance of Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And I didn't, I didn't factor in enough of the hot goalie and gritty playoff style hockey that New York's playing. That series has been fun to watch. Yeah, especially as someone who's kind of biased watching it. For sure, I want one of those teams to win. Like most of these series, it's I have a pick, but it's not someone I want to see succeed. You know, like I'm not personally invested in it as much. Mm -hmm. But this islanders won like i want them to win like if if they if they beat the capitals if capitals and them meet in the second round like i would be okay with them going on you know whereas if it was pittsburgh obviously not for sure fuck pittsburgh right but it's been fun to watch this battle between the islanders and pittsburgh and it's been even better to see the islanders winning it yeah um and they're they're just playing exciting hockey yeah what one of these has been your favorite so far toronto boston toronto boston i think columbus tampa has been mine just just to watch that turnaround yeah yeah just because yeah. i think it would be amazing i also hate tampa that's Not up there quite. that's that's going to be the most intriguing to watch i think because yeah. i'm i'm actually in, i'm invested in that because i want to see how this plays out yeah i want to like see I, how tampa I uh, responds to this dislike tampa but not to the degree of pittsburgh but i think it would be awesome to see an eighth seed beat the best team since 1996 just because i hate hearing about like how good teams are all the time and right 
all season long. Like, this is the best team ever assembled. And then you see like a... You're going to go on TV with that voice? <laughs> yeah. And then see the eighth round just beat him in four or whatever. You know, it'd yeah. be funny. Yeah, I think uh, Toronto-Boston for me is just... It's that it's that, that constant back and forth, the rivalry. Like, there's so much energy in that series. Yeah. That even even just watching it, you're just invested in what happens next. Yeah. Um, I think to be honest, like I'm not a huge fan of when it gets overly physical to the point of being dirty. So like that cadre play at the end of the game there kind of took a lot out of it. But it's one one after game two. Moving forward, it's still going to be a battle between the two. Yeah. Best of five, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those two. Like, to be honest, I've been more invested in that Columbus series than the Capitals series. Oh, for sure. I uh, It was honestly an afterthought. Like, watching in, that in Capitals East. game yesterday, like, I was not even close to as pumped up as watching the Columbus game. Yeah. Like, it's been fun. And it's, and it's hard, too, out West, because, like, you watch all these great games early in the day, and then you, by the time you get to... You're just exhausted. Exactly. By the time you get to the Western games, it's like, all right, I've... I've exhausted all my energy I can put into hockey today. The St. Louis, Winnipeg one, and the San Jose, Vegas one, I think would be the ones that stand out in the West for me. Because San Jose, Vegas is just, like you were talking about Toronto, it's just been back and forth. And yeah. yeah. And I just, I'm honestly like, San Jose is like my underdog pick. They're not really an underdog per se, but I'm just cheering for them to do good because it's just a good story and they're, and they're good to watch. Jumbo. Yeah. I think... I would like to see St. Louis. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I also want Winnipeg. I'm just so torn on all these matchups. That's <laughs> what I mean. Like, I'm not so in, so yeah. determined on the team I want to win. I just want to see good hockey, yeah. and it's fun to watch. Yeah, I'm at the good hockey point, too. After my bracket got destroyed in game one, I was like, ask her it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to win that pair of socks from that bracket challenge online, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps it up here. Yeah, so once again, thanks everybody for listening. Um, Make sure you like, subscribe, share, rate, review. And if you like what you're listening to, make sure you tell your friends. Make sure uh, you spread this podcast around. Um, We appreciate it all. And if you want to keep up to date on the latest content that we upload, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Links are in the description. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.